What up? Welcome to a podcast with Mo. I am Mo. This is episode 293. On this episode, I'm joined by music artist Moto. Talk about the Patreon merch shop. We do some music artist talk, some music talk, and a bunch of video game talk. Kept it simple. Thanks for checking us out. What up? Uh, First thing I got to get to is I have to uh, highly suggest you check out patreon.com slash a podcast with Mo. You can go there. You can give any amount of money, a dollar or more, and get early access to these podcasts and be a true player pimp for real. Um, If you are like my mother, Hurricane Haynes, Marshall, the Domination Bear, it's your boy h2.com or Graveyard Entertainment, you would be a co-producer. Get shout like that shouted out like that every time and just feel like a fucking champion so think about it um also have a merch shop shop.spreadshirt.com slash a podcast mo if you want a cool podcast t-shirt to rock around uh there's probably going to be the hottest item next year so a uh, big christmas gift you know bomb early and uh, there you go that's how you do it all right this episode i'm calling a new friend here to the podcast, so I'll have to make new artwork, which I keep forgetting I need to do. Um, anyway, he's an artist that goes by the name of Modo. Um, and half of his name is is my name, so I kind of want to lock him off of that. And he's out of Kansas City, Missouri, from what I'm looking at here. So um, anyway, we can give him a call, uh, figure out some shit about him. Yo, what up? Yo, what's up, man? Not much, bro. Just working on some shit in the stew. Can you hear me well? Yeah, here you good. I haven't used Skype in a while, and it sounds better than it the last time I used it, so that's good. Uh, what are you working on? Uh, I'm actually working on a new EP. Um, a friend of mine, Casino, out in Fresno, California, is uh, producing like a you know kind of like a 21 Savage Metro Booming, yeah, Savage Mode kind of EP where he produces everything, and I'm doing all the vocals. So that's kind of what I'm working on right now. Uh, yeah, I actually have a few of those projects I've done over the last year where I've made uh, beats for people, and it's super fun. Holly suggests it. All y'all beat makers, just fucking pick an artist, sit them a folder, make some cool shit. Exactly, bro. And it's cool for like the artist too, because I mean, I have phone for both sides, but like for the artist, at least like, you know, you can kind of know what to expect from the producer and you get a feeling for them and you can kind of just ride their beats a certain way. And it's, it's almost like a different feature in its own, you know? Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I've been making beats for just over three years now, and I would say I'm just now to the point I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm OK at this. Uh, but every producer has their own sound. You know, like you'll hear the like the loop conversation gets used a lot on producer Twitter. Of like, should you use loops or not? It doesn't matter because every producer is different. and They're going to do something different with it unless they're like real generic. You know, they do the exact same drum sample on everything or something like it can. Right. It can be. But in general, with loops like man hip-hop was founded on sampling so like you know kanye west can sample a song and then timbaland can sample a song and it'll sound two different you know two different beats completely it's just you know like you said depends on the producer right well and i think what it really is is like sampling and, and loops are 
they're similar but different. You know, like a, if you get a loot pack from Somatic, which I have fucking like dozens of them, so I'm not hating. But if you get one of those and then you take that and it's like 130 BPM A minor and you just dra- drag it in 130 A minor, that exact loop over and over and just add dr- drums over it. That isn't the same as you sampling a record, finding that spot that you're saying, you know, like there is more that goes into some of it. So I do see where some people kind of are like they start one up in each other, you know, of like I would never. Um, I don't do that because I've done it all. You know, like I, I try all the shit. I don't really <laughs> care. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sampling's fun as fuck with like real vinyls. Um, I lost my record player in a storm about a month and a half ago, but <laughs> I, I was, uh, I had to buy another one and so I can get back to it. But I love finding these old like 50s, 60s CDs and just finding some dumb song I've never heard before and being like, fuck it, let's flip it, see what we can do. Yeah, dude, that's, that's, that's great. I love, uh, the old school, like like you said, 50s, 60s, just kind of slowed and reverb, thrown in a beat, and like, man, that's that's a whole vibe in itself. Right, it's good times, good times. Um, so man, uh, you know, I said your name's uh, Modo, and you're from Missouri. I believe that was the introduction I gave you. Um, is there anything else people need to know about you? You know, since it's your first time calling in and all. Yeah, well, so <clears throat> I'm from Kansas City area, the area, but uh, originally from Kansas. Um, I grew up in Southeast Kansas and then, uh, moved up to Kansas city. I've lived on the Missouri side and the Kansas side up here. So I don't really have a, a side to pick in that battle that goes on, right. but, uh, Kansas city's home. I love it. It's a cool spot. <clears throat> I mean, other than that, man, like, you know, I'm just someone that likes to relate to everyone and, uh, you know, trying to find a way to connect on music and anything else too. Well, hell yeah. Um, and I have listened to one of your podcast appearances on the fuck. I always get his podcast name wrong. The autonomy, yeah. autonomy. <laughs> it's yeah, something like that. autonomy podcast. So I, I have yeah. listened to that one. Um, it's been a while, so I don't really necessarily remember everything. But like, how did you get started in music? Um, and how how'd your origin begin? Yeah. So uh, back in the day, man, I was a huge like rock and metal guy and like you know growing up in a small town in that area that was a huge influence it was either that or country and i just you know not hating on it but i can't vibe with country uh, I understand. Mm-hmm. so you know i i vibe with the the rock and the heavy metal and i mean i was an angsty teen so fit but it was at that time where like hip-hop was in like a weird place <clears throat> and i was like coming of age and didn't really vibe with it because it was like the soldier boys and like that real corny ass like dance, uh, yeah, middle school, DJ party yeah. I'm talking about. but, um, so then as I got older though, I started like really looking into like the later years of high school, I really started getting into like what hip hop was and, um, you know, Eminem and, and tech nine being from the Midwest and, and like Tupac and Biggie and just, and it started from there and kind of just went in and fell in love with it and decided to start writing. And I would just early on, I would download, freaking beats that other artists used and I would just remix their shit and try to match their cadences and flows. And, and eventually, uh, you know, went to college and, and started doing original stuff and, uh, you know, just tried to find my own sound and develop it from there. Right. Yeah. I was very similar with the, you know, you download, um, any instrumental, you know, that was on any, like I remember doing the three Kings beat all the time. I just fucking love that beat back when you had to <laughs> download all that shit. Um, but yeah, I, people don't, 
give Tech Nine enough credit, in my opinion. Um, I'm, in, I'm in Oklahoma, you know, small town, and people fucking love Tech Nine. Like, I just don't think people understand how huge of a deal he is around here. Yeah, he's he's one of the Midwest kings for sure. Yeah, and uh, he just puts out like I have a lot of friends that just fucking love you know all of that, and uh, you know it's never been my thing. I love Jay Z as a kid. I don't know. I was oh. Like you were saying, you have a choice, you know, to like country music or not when you're in these small towns. And for whatever reason, I latched on to hip hop and uh, just, you know, fucking loved it for no reason. You know, I have no right to it. But, um, man, Tech Nine, I remember I'm a player by Tech Nine, like when I was in elementary school, like a long ass time ago. I'm a player. And it was so good, right? I mean, that was on, like so many CDs of mine. And then he like came back like years later, like was blew the fuck up again. And I was like so happy. Yeah, no, he's cool. Um, definitely a legend up here in Kansas City, too. Uh, now, in my opinion, the rest of Strange Music is kind of lackluster. I've never really been impressed with anyone. Chris Calico, but he's kind of on his own now. He's got his own label and shit. But um, the rest of Strange Music hasn't really impressed me. I, they're trying to they're trying to change their image now and kind of bring in some some newer people like Jerry Robinson from the East Coast. And they're, they're kind of trying to change it. But in my opinion, the rest of Strange Music is kind of lackluster, but, you know, I'll still, you know, try to support them when I can just because from Kansas City, you know, you got to rep, you got to rep your area. So. Right. Yeah, I mean, Oklahoma has no uh, hip hop people, so I have no one I have to rep. But I will say just, I mean, on Strange Music, a lot of it, and sorry for any uh, listeners out there, it's just a lot of it's corny white rapper music. And, yeah. Uh, I know I'm like a white rapper and some people might think I'm corny and that's fine. But like, there's just some shit that like. I, when I listen to it, I'm like, ugh, I can't. Not for this isn't made for me. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, there's plenty of rappers out there that I'm like, the whole like, the whole wave that M brought in with the rap god rapping as fast as you can was very cool at first, but that shit has been played out. Like, right. I see. I took some that's shit longer. Like you know. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, and now people do that exact cadence too on songs, and it's so annoying. But. Uh, yeah. I had the homie Hottie McThotty on here trying to hate on Asher Roth fucking randomly on an episode. That's why she hasn't been invited back. I'm just joking. She'll be back someday. But uh, she happened to call out Asher Roth, who like just happens to be one of my favorite rappers. And he had like a one hit wonder. So no one fucking pays attention to him. But I'm like, this motherfucker spits on boom bat beats and it's good. It's like real hip hop good. And like no one knows it. Right. And so like I would just much rather that sort of white rapper opposed to everyone just trying to copy Eminem. You know, and I love, I think Eminem's great. I just, we have an Eminem, you know, we don't need another one. And and that's the shitty part of being white in hip hop. Like, obviously I'm aware that is not a white genre. It was, you know, started by black people, established by black people. Um, I'm, I'm grateful to be in it and have success in it, but um, it sucks being white in hip hop when people will instantly try to match you up to Eminem, whether you sound like him or not. It's, it's, it's very annoying. Right. I will say, I don't think I've ever gotten, gotten that. I get a lot of Mac Miller comparisons, but I think it's just because if I have like a backwards hat on, we pat, we have a like cousin resemblance, you know? And so people are like, Oh, I definitely hear Mac Miller. And I'm like, I don't really think you do, man. (laughs) Like, I mean, I love Mac Miller. I just don't think I sound like him, but yeah, yeah, it's how people are. Yeah. No, my, uh, I would say the when I was early in it, I feel like you could see like Eminem influences, but as I've evolved, I've moved so far away from what rap is in a way to like 
I've, I've almost hit that like kind of Kanye and uh, Cuddy Lane where like I'm just experimental with it. And I've found a lot of comfort in there. Like working with this new EP uh, with Casino, it's like it's definitely in more in that vein to where like it's kind of hard to pinpoint what genre it, it is, you know. Right. Yeah. I, I enjoy that myself. Um, you know, I kind of touched on what you were saying earlier, like the somewhat pressure of being white and hip hop. I don't want to say that because that sounds like douchey or whatever, but you know, it's different, I'm sure, than than other races. Uh, but I try really hard not yourself no matter what. Like Right. But like I can you're to a not necessarily even a higher standard, but you're scrutinized more. Every single word, every single song, you're automatically like, you know, they're 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 judging every little thing you do even more intensely. And that's black and white people or right. Mexican, whoever, like literally any race is going to scrutinize a white artist in hip hop way harder than, than a black artist. Well, I think certain people want, want it to be good and certain people want it to be bad on both sides, you know? And yeah. so like, you just got to be aware, uh, you know, I do think it probably evens out or whatever at the end. Um, but I find myself like, I used to do a lot of like just little Wayne flows cause Lil Wayne's my favorite ever. And I can do a lot of those sort of flows and, and I have like a pretty lazy sounding flow, um, or can, but I do feel like as we've gotten into this more sensitive, uh, racial time period that I don't want it to come across like, I'm appropriating that sound or trying to sound, so, you know, or whatever. But like, I just do fucking voices now. So like I am getting kind of away from hip hop and like, I don't know if anyone would call it like classical hip hop what I do lately because I just I'm I am getting weird with it, you know, and I don't I don't know yeah. if it's because of that pressure or if it's just a coincidence. But there are times where I'm like, well, I'm and I've never been the type of say like I have a gun. I'm in the hood. You know, like, that's not my what I do. Yeah. Um, but I'm like even more f- further from that, I would say, in in today's world. Yeah. And the thing for that, I've noticed not just for myself, but others as well. Um, no matter what sound you have, like you could have the hardest hood sound and be white. As long as that is authentically you, I think people really can tell when someone is capping nowadays. Like, right. Um, it's just, it's just corny, man. Trying to, trying to say like the amount of artists that I've met personally that will talk about money and bitches. And yet they, they never, they never get any women and they're broke as fuck. It's just, it's hilarious, man. Right. I mean, I've one thing that's happened. I've rapped for a really, really long time. Uh, you know, never been successful, but I've always kept it very like I'm not rapping about jewelry because I don't have any. I'm not rapping about money because I don't have it. You know, and I've always uh, tried to approach it that way. And I do think that is a benefit some white people, some white rappers can have is there might not be that pressure to show that you're flexing or showing out or whatever. You know, I don't know. I've never felt that pressure to rent a car for a fucking photo op. You know, like that's never crossed my mind. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, man, the hip hop world's fun, but also like we're talking about all this, like it's super critical, but I would say in general, most people don't care and everyone gives everyone a shot at first. Most people just want to vibe to the good music. Right. And I know for me, like, uh, I've just finished this album. I'm waiting on, I'm I'm sure, you know, MCJ Jones, uh, he's supposed to give me his verse today for me to finish my album. And, uh, I really like it, but the thing I I really try to make it seem like I'm having fun, you know, and not necessarily like fun dance songs, because that's not what I make, but like there might be something to the tone of like, I want people to realize I was enjoying it. You know, like I feel like that can translate. You can enjoy a sad and depressed song as long as like the emotion is connecting, you know? Right. Exactly. So, I mean, I, it's, it's all a journey. I hate talking about my own music because I feel like, um, 
it comes off so like because I'm a genius, but it's really not. It's more of like, and that's my <laughs> process because I'm an idiot, you know? Yeah, no, you're good, man. I don't think it's come across as that. We're good, good. Um, so your most recent album, what was, or I don't know if it was an EP or an album, but I know you're naked on the cover. When did yeah, that come yeah. out? Uh, that was June 25th. Yeah, that's an album. Uh, 10 tracks, three skits. So it's 13 tracks in total. Uh, it's called More Than Moto. Um, basically, the deepest dive into me as a person, um, my uh, kind of my upbringing, my, the way I think, what's kind of led me to this point. And with it being so vulnerable, I wanted to showcase like what would be the most vulnerable thing someone could do. So I went back to my hometown uh, to the house that I grew up in and sat naked on the porch. Cause like there's, you know, there's, there's no, there's nothing more vulnerable than that. Um, and I think it translated well and, and really fit the whole theme of the album. Uh, the album is, is 10, uh, 10 tracks and three skits. So 13 tracks total. Um, and it's, it's, it's split into three parts based on the Triforce from Zelda. I'm a huge Nintendo fan, huge, huge Nintendo nerd. Uh, but so each segment is either wisdom, courage, or power. And, uh, it kind of takes you through that and, and kind of makes, I ask myself questions throughout it, but it's also meant for the listener to ask themselves the same questions. Right. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy super artistic, uh, not necessarily concept albums, but like you have a direction, you know, like you have a vision for it. I think that always mm-hmm. is be- a better idea. Um, you know, I have put out stuff where it's just a collection of songs and then that's cool too. Uh, but yeah, I always think it, it definitely hits harder if it can all go together. Definitely. Yeah. I, uh, EP wise, EP wise is more fun for me. EPs are kind of just like, yo, let's make some cool shit and kind of put it out. But when I do an album, it's like at most you might get an album a year. Cause if I'm going to do an album, I'm going to really dive into it. And like the art, to the way the songs flow to the concepts behind why each song happens, the overall theme, like how I'm going to showcase. So what I want you to take away, like all that goes into it. And, and that's a lot of work, a lot of time and to do it well, like, you know, I don't, I'm someone that I'm not going to rush, um, something that, you know, I could put more time into and deliver a better product, even if it's shorter than an average album. Or, you know, if I, if I need it to be longer, I'll take more time on it, but whatever. But, um, I think that is important when making an album. That's what makes things stand out. Right. Well, and I mean, and to look at the worst case scenario. So like when I first started rapping, I made a few like three or four mixtapes and I liked them. They were good. And then I quit for five years. Um, I didn't make any music, but during those five years, I constantly listened to my old music that I made, you know, and like, cause, and I was the only one, it was me and a few of my friends that, you know, liked me, uh, you know, and so like at the end of the day, it was music I made for me. And so like now that I have been back, learn to make beats and, uh, you know, I've, stepped up on my shit or whatever. Uh, I still try to keep in mind that most likely this is just going to end with me and my friends 10 years from now, still listening to it. And like no one else giving a fuck. So like make something I like, you know, like that just seems important. Yeah. And, and with that, like you should always do that because, you know, even when you're having fun, it's like, you know, if you're not making something that you enjoy, it goes back to that thing of authenticity. People can tell, right. I don't know about, I mean, at, maybe the average kind of Joe can't, but anyone that really enjoys music can tell when these pop songs, these rap songs have 20,000 writers on them. And you can tell it's just empty lines that 
try to connect with something that a normal person can hit versus like an artist really putting themselves out there in any way, shape or form is so much more respected. And historically that kind of art is what lasts longer. That's what people buy vinyls and CDs and, and go back and put on their playlist from 10 years ago. And, and, you know, like, for example, like Kendrick's albums, you know, people still go back and the classics from from uh, to pimp a butterfly and it's like you know those those are moments in time that people don't forget and that's for me that's a driving force that i want to make i want to make that moment in time that uh people can't forget right and going back further just you started saying kendrick to me like you know eminem was like super cool when he first came out and i really love like the marshall mathers lp and the slim shady lp but then after that i got to where i was like a snob and i was when i was in high school and i was like i ain't listening to no fucking eminem show fucking curtain call like that was like whack too much you know uh but i was like that real shit that's what i needed you know it's like that was <laughs> and it's kind of like the same thing like people now like to me and even the same artist i was like that old classic shit was better but to who was i as a fucking kid to judge goddamn eminem yeah. And I mean, <laughs> but you got to even look at like the Eminem show is supposed to be more famous. Like it's literally, it's, it's him putting on a play. It's supposed to be like that. You know, it's not right. supposed to be as raw and gritty. It's artistic. Um, I know a lot of people would argue, like we go back to Kendrick too. Uh, people would argue that damn is him selling out quote unquote, but really damn is is a great piece of art that has implications of how you're supposed to listen to it forward or reverse. And just like everything he goes through, like no matter how you evolve as an artist, the fame can become part of the art itself. Right. You know what? And all of those are uh, just people having preferences on, on these classic albums. It just proved it matters when you listen, how old you were. Like I've come to a, a realization that no matter what comes out tomorrow, like say if like the most classic fucking hip hop album came out, it would like be really hard for me to think it's better than like college or dropout because of where I was and who I was and how many times I've listened to college or dropout. You know, like there's just, it's more than just like that art. Like it's the, the person consuming it as well. All that goes into the art, you know? Yeah. And so like, right, exactly. So I try to keep all that in the mind. Like if someone hears my music or doesn't like it, like I'm like, I don't like a lot of fucking music and I love a lot of music. Other people don't like, you know, because it is like so fucking uh, I hope subjectives are at work because I always get that in objective confused um, subjective. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, I don't know, just f- things to think about for all the artists listening out there, because I know we have some and I know friends like I, like I said, just finished my album and I've I've listened to it so much while mixing that I kind of think it all sucks again, you know, because that, that happens <laughs> if anyone's out there. I mean, bro, I guess to a point where you hear your own shit. 20,000 times and you're kind of over it before anyone's even heard it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like right now, like the one I was going to be like the lead single or, you know, I was like, that one fucking sucks, but it's because it's been done the longest. I'm like, I don't want to, but, but I was like, I just got to follow my original thoughts. I think. Cause you got to think back to when you heard it the first time. That's in a way how people will take it. You, you hope. Right. Uh, but that, and that's the cool, that's the beautiful thing about art, man, is like whether you're painting, sculpting, making music, doing a play, whatever you're doing, everyone has a different opinion on every single piece of art and you can't get caught up on who likes what you just got to do what you like. And then those people that think like you will find the same view as you. Yeah. 
and honestly, I think it helps. And we'll get into video games because that'll kind of this can kind of go into it. I think it helps to be a consumer of other mediums of art as well. Definitely. Definitely. Like I have an art minor uh, from when I went to college, but I wasn't like super into it. I just had to have a minor for my major. They're like, choose one. And I, I liked it well enough. So I got an art minor. But then when I met my wife, we got married. We go to like to a lot of art museums when we go places. And it's like fascinating, you know, and that's not something I really ever did before. But I'll see shit that sucks. Like it fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. But like people think it's great. And then, yeah. <laughs> you know, then you'll see shit that's great. And it's got like the shitty spot on the wall. And you're like, how does not everyone love this? You know, and like it just further drives the point, you know. Yeah. I mean, there was a long time ago. Someone told me, I can't remember who it was, to be honest. I just remember this quote, but they said that there's no such thing as bad art. I don't know if it was in a class or something, but I was like, that's, that's bullshit. There's definitely bad art. Right. Well, you can't, it's all sub. like you said, it's all subjected to the person. Like what I think is trash. Someone might think is treasure. Yeah. I mean, it's like that, uh, there's that real famous painting that I sold for millions of dollars and it just looks like an off white solid color painting and yeah. I, i'm like what but if someone paid for it i guess it has value you know it kind of yeah. breaks your brain intrinsic uh, value bro that shit crazy um so you talked about video games i just got a new video game two days ago which you might have already played because it's been on the switch for like a year called hades that's so fucking good that's all i keep thinking about while we're even while we're doing this no offense to you i'm just like i can't wait to get back to playing hades yo i actually have not played that but uh i've seen so many good things on that that was up for game of the year on uh was it is last year's game right yeah yeah yeah. like that last of us two i think it's a roguelike yeah, I love Roguelike. So like Binding of Isaac and Dead Cells are two of my favorite games and also Returnal more recently. And then I so I haven't watched anything about Hades. I just knew of it and I bought it. It's only twenty five dollars. Like that's a pretty good deal. And instantly was like, I fucking love this game. And like, how am I going to get anything else done in my life? Like that was my thought. Yeah, I love I love indie games and how they've expanded because you can find these gems for $20 and you'll put hours and hours in these indie games. And it's like, man, you kind of think like, I wish EA and, and Nintendo and Sony would take a look at these guys that put their heart and soul into a game. And it doesn't have to be the most fancy graphically or anything, but it's like, this is just fun. That's just, you know, the basis of the game is fun and people, people really like that. Right. Well, I would say Returnal, uh, which I have on the PS5, it it is like one of the most fun indie filling games. It is like a triple A. Like they've done a really good job of finding that balance. Um, but but yeah, Hades is a very similar way. Like it's little simple things too. It's like you you finish a level and it's like choose a door and you can only go through one of them. You know, so like you start feeling like it's your your playthrough. You know, because you have to make choices and it's just little things that I'm like, ah, oh, they playthrough that that right. that warrants replayability. Right. And so it's just, uh, I don't know, it's been very good. So that's my first video game thing. But I don't own a Switch. Um, I should. I've thought about it for years. I only really wanted to play Pokemon. But then uh, my, my story of Pokemon is I love Pokemon from when I was a kid. And then whenever Pokemon Go came out, I played it for a few days. It was like, well, I just want to play real Pokemon. So I went out and bought a fucking 3DS. And my wife also did. And we bought x and y and it was very fun but very easy i was like holy fuck these games got so easier maybe i'm just adult now you know or whatever and uh then we got sun and moon after those came out and i did not like it as much and i kind of gave up on my pokemon dreams yeah dude i've been i have every single uh, generation of pokemon and i agree they got too easy um however ultra sun and ultra moon added some difficulty 
Um, Sword and Shield was very disappointing. It did so many things good, but it did so many just as bad that it's kind of a 50-50 for me. But uh, I like the direction they're heading with um, splitting. They have the Diamond and Pearl remix with the old style, the old right. top-down chibi. Um, and then they have the split to uh, Pokemon Arceus. And Which also looks awesome. I think is the that man. I cannot wait for that. That's going to be crazy. Yeah, I, I do like the direction they're going in. I'll be honest. I'm so addicted to PlayStation's uh, trophies ecosystem that it it's ruined me from going and getting on other consoles. So fucking achievement and trophies when they invented those things, they had a that was a good hook that they got into us. Yeah, um, that's that's like any game you played in the past where you're like col- like collectathons, like Banjo Kazooie, right? Like old 3D Mario's, uh, Donkey Kong Country stuff like that. Um, there's something about collecting shit that makes you feel good, right? Well, for instance, like uh, Returnal, I beat Returnal, and then I was like, "Well, I'm gonna platinum this fucking game." And then once you do it, you just like there's just a sense of like I did everything in the game, and I can delete it and never think about it again. Like, yeah, yeah, there's just some sort of completion. Like if they ever re put out like Final Fantasy Tactics with trophies, the PS1 game, I would do nothing except play that game until I got the platinum because I would need to like prove that I'm a real fan. You know, like I, it's I even realize it's bullshit, but I would still do it. That's and that's something I've been saying from man shit even back to when 3DS was the main that and Wii U like if Nintendo would introduce trophies outside of the game like for example the new Animal Crossing has trophy type rewards and super addicting because you want to get all right I got to catch this many fish I got to help this many people I got to do this that and you get these little badges and and it gives you a little bit of points but it's also the you go onto your log and it says I did this and that's the same thing with Pokemon. I feel like the Pokedex is addictive as hell. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, that's why as a kid, I would pour 400 freaking hours into each game and try to complete the Pokedex because there's just something about having that list, you know? Well, what other games do you like these days? Uh, you know, you got your Switch. I'm, I've heard Breath of the Wild is amazing. Um, I never played it, but, uh, you know, everyone tells me if I played that, it would ruin all other open world games. So maybe I shouldn't. Um, it's great. It's uh, I got it when it came out, so it's been a few years now. Right. Um, definitely recommend it though. Uh, but the only thing is, for me, when I got it, since it did just come out, I was able to avoid all uh, sorry all spoilers, and it was kind of a sense of adventure for me because it's like every time I went to a new area, it was completely brand new, and I was you know able to stay off my phone and I hadn't seen anything. Versus now, like there's so much shit on breath of the wild that even if you're not trying to find it, you're going to see stuff. Right. Um, but I still think it's definitely something you should dive into and just shut up. Don't look anything up. If you get it, just, just enjoy it for what it is. It's probably the most immersive game I've played in a long time. Yeah. I, uh, I definitely try my hardest not to look stuff up on games because I guess that's a world I grew up in. Um, I never owned strategy guides. I had some rich friends, you know, that would have a strategy guide here or there, but, uh, (laughs) Uh, to me it was like it it felt like cheating like even now even like if if i get stuck on something i need to look it up and i I do it happens i feel like i'm cheating even if no one knows about it (laughs) like like ah yeah god damn it i could have found that without looking it up but i didn't you know you feel stupid 
too. It's like, damn, like, I definitely could have found that out if I would have just thought a little differently. Right, right. Like, I've been playing uh, Dishonored. A lazy, it creates a lazy player, to be honest. I think that's why games have gotten easier, because stuff like that has made the players more lazy. Right. Well, and I don't think enough... I mean, again, probably because games aren't committed enough to it, but like, I've been playing Dishonored 2 uh, before I got Hades, uh, trying to beat it, because I beat Dishonored 1, loved it, and got Dishonored 2, and just never really got around to it. And I was playing that game and there's a thing like there's safes in the game right and so like you might break into someone's house and you look in their desk drawer and you get a safe code and then later you find that safe but you have the code because you found it right and it's like you feel so good and then uh because you did that but what's good about that game is they randomize it that number so you can't go look it up online so if you were trying to go like what's the safe number like so whenever you do find it like you have this sense of like because i'm fucking awesome you know like it (laughs) i was like i don't how do people not want that feeling when you're playing video games yeah it's and and think about you know we'll go back to the pokemon again think back back in the day when even when the internet was a thing there were so many lies and and bullshit but like Think about the the old rumors of like Mew being underneath the truck on right. the SSN. Oh yeah. Think about Ruby and Sapphire, where if the rocket launches in Moss Deep City, hit a hundred, then you go fight Deoxys. Like all that was bullshit, but those were like rumors and things that people told. So you like believed it, and you tried to do it, and it's just it's just a it's it it adds a sense of of wonder and imagination that I really think kids lack nowadays. Right. I would say Grand Theft Auto Five is the only thing that's close to that with that eight with what they do with the alien thing. So like, I don't know if you play Grand Theft Auto five, but they had all these hints that like on the mountains, you could get like a jetpack. Basically that's what all the hints point out. And people spent years trying to figure it out, but I think it was all bullshit. Um, and that was very much like the Mew thing. I remember spending hours and hours trying to figure out how to get Mew. Mm-hmm. And then like, what would happen is some kid would have a game shark and they would get Mew that way. But then they would lie to you and be like, oh, I got it through this thing. And you'd be like, yeah, what? I just used strength on the truck and it was there. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's exactly how this shit always happened. Game Sharks were a huge fucking deal back in the day. And I always thought it was such cheating, but it also made games fun. So I've always had this sort of a battle with myself, I guess. Yeah. Well, the thing is, you wanted to use those after you were done with it. You didn't want to use right. the Game Shark while you were going to the game because it would ruin it. But when you were done let's fucking max out my health. Let's, you know, get stuff we can't normally get and just fuck around, dude. Just like that made, that made replay fun for a lot of old games like that. Right. I agree. I agree. And I'm, I'm still looking for a multiplayer game. I can be into these days. Cause it's very rare for me to like online games. Um, you know, for a while I had some friends play Fortnite, and even though I don't really like shooters, you know, if you have friends playing a game, you're, you're going to have a decent time. Exactly. You know, so. me and my, currently playing pokemon unite it's the moba that came out that's free oh nice but uh you know it's okay but just playing with your friends adds a whole like you said just adds a whole nother layer a layer of it uh you know in the past i played apex with them um tried playing apex not with them and it's just kind of boring it definitely takes the friend interaction to add the fun to it right i just think i've lost some i mean i've never been much of a twitch gamer um but you know, these days, if I get in a shooter, I'm like, I die way quicker than I used to. I mean, I'm just out of practice, you know, so I'm like, I'll just uh, play something like a, some something 2D roguelike. You know, that's more my pace these days. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm hikey trash of shooters, but they're fun to play. 
um, when they're, you know, they're unique. I'm definitely RPG, uh, open world, that 2d platformer. That's my, that's my forte, but yeah, yeah, I suck. I'll admit it. (laughs) Yeah. I definitely love the RPG open world stuff. I'll eventually have to move over to PC or Xbox. Now that Bethesda has, will not be on PlayStation. Bethesda was my favorite company. And so it kind of sucks that I'm such a, playstation fan but also such a bethesda fan and i'm like well fuck i guess this one really uh sucks for me <laughs> so you can buy skyrim for the 30th time yeah i mean i platinum it twice and so <laughs> and when i tell people i've platinum it they're like holy fuck and i go twice and they're like what do you mean i'm like on two different systems uh and it was wild. it was really hard on ps3 because there was a glitch at every time you saved a major game file just bigger and i want to say like by the time i ended my game file was like 48 gigs or like, you know, some stupid, like just the save file. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was really not easy to play on the PS3. Damn. Did they not put a patch for that? I wanted, I think eventually they, they might have, but not before I was done. They hadn't, it took a long time. Uh, I just, I loved Morrowind. I remember going to a friend's house, had an Xbox and I was like, holy fuck, why is this? You know, like I was just so blown away by it. And then I would go and help him do chores every day just to play Morrowind at his house. And then, (laughs) When I got a 360 in in college, they came out right when I uh, got to college, but I didn't get one for a a couple of years. And a friend of mine just gave me his because he was done with it. And uh, while I was borrowing it, it had like one of those red ring of death things. And so I sent it Mm -hmm. an Xbox and they fixed it. And so after that, it was mine. My friend was like, well, you fix it. You can have it. And I was like, yes. And I mean, I put probably like 800 hours into oblivion. And I was like, like, I don't know. Elders, there's something about Elder Scrolls. It just really gets me. It's just so fucking addicting. Dude, yeah, you're gonna you you'd love Breath of the Wild to be honest. It's it's that same feeling. You'll just get sucked in and want to do every side quest, explore every little nook and cranny, get every shrine complete. It's 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 very addicting in the same sense. Yeah. So I mean that's the way it goes. I also get addicted every year I buy the NBA two K games and every year I'm like, not next year, damn it. I'm done buying these annualized games, but it's about to come out in like less than a month. And I'm like, well, I'm already like making excuses of why I'm gonna buy it and so see that's i've never like i like sports games but i've never been one to get into buying them right uh i always have some friend that owns it so i'll play with them um but yeah that's one thing i've luckily avoided the yearly yearly check too <laughs> i know i've bought in every one since 2k9 i think whichever one had Kobe yeah. uh on it back then and uh I can look at all my trophies, you know, back forever <laughs> on the PlayStation. Think of the ones I played. And really what it is, is they were the first sports game to really get the sports RPG right. And like a lot of people don't realize that almost every game is an RPG now. Like every game has experience and skill trees and it's kind of crazy. Yeah. And uh, I just really liked how NBA 2K did it. Like you'd have a press conference after the game. And if you would answer it a certain way, it actually did shit, you know, to like fans liked you or whatever it does. They don't really have that as much anymore. Um, and then they, uh, like you would work on your guy and you would get skill points and you could assign stuff to get your guy better. And now it's evolved to where there's like currency. You can buy it or you can work for it. And I'm of course old school. So I'm like, I ain't buying none of that fucking fake currency shit. Yeah. What's going to pay to win? Fuck that. Exactly. So I'm like, I'm grinding this out. And, um, even last year, the reason why I wasn't going to buy it this year is last year, their server fucked up and my whole save file got deleted. And I was really, really pissed yeah. about it. Um, but now, like I said, we're coming back around. I'm like, yeah, but I haven't played it in a while. And man, it'd be real fun. And so I have a feeling I'll end up buying it. But 
if unless I get like so in the Hades that I'm like, I don't need another game. But <laughs> who knows? <laughs> yeah, definitely a polygamist on the gaming thing. It's hard for me to stay to just one at a time. Yeah, same, dude. And, you know, I find it now as like as my as I get older and as my career in both music and like other things evolves, I find it harder to find time to play. So I got to really like make time nowadays. So, uh, I've kind of slowed down on purchasing because like when I buy a game, I want to, you know, I want to invest my time into that and finish it and everything. So it's made me really pick like, all right, if I buy this, am I actually going to play it? And so my purchasing has slowed down a lot, but I still treat those games like, you know, they're, they're my babies. Right. I mean, I, I find myself, I've mentioned on Twitter every once in a while, like sometimes I'm in rapper mode, which is what I would say I've been in lately because I've been making beats and I've been working on an album. And then sometimes I'm in, I'm in beat maker mode where I'm not really thinking about writing albums, but I'm like every day making beats and stuff. And then sometimes if I want to play like a real game, like let's say uh, if Grand Theft Auto 6 came out next week or whatever, you know, I wanted to play like I would have to not do anything else but play. Like if I wanted to like really be in gamer mode, you know, like I can play like a little game, like a binding of Isaac for 15 minutes at night. And that's fine. You know, you don't really have to mentally get into it, but if I'm getting into something with a story and like, I got to really be into a game. Yeah. Like I I can't just be fucking around. Yeah. That's how, that's how I'm going to be when Metroid dread comes out. Uh, They haven't done a 2d Metroid since fusion on the game boy advance. I'm so excited for that. I'm thinking about, I have the SNES classic. Um, and then I hacked it and added, uh, you know, some more games to it and all that. But I've been thinking about playing Super Metroid on it because I've never played it. Um, Dude, and I know it's such a classic. Such a great game. So that might be the next one. G Zelda. Mm-hmm. Man, that is so fucking hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember playing it as a kid and then uh, I had it on Game Boy Advance. They re-put it out on, I think, or something at one time. Uh, yeah, I've, I've been playing Chrono Trigger because I put Chrono Trigger on the SNES Classic. And then I put a couple Game Boy games on the, you know, Pokemon games. So I'm going to just mess around with that. But I just, I do enjoy all that aesthetic. And maybe again, because I grew up then, but I'm just like, it all looks so good. Well, and that's like, it doesn't even have to be games from back then. I don't know. It might be part of nostalgia, but uh, one game I really, really enjoyed was Octopath Traveler. Um, that came out on the switch in 2018 or nine. I can't remember 2018, yeah, like 19, something. paper pop-up final fantasy looking the game. <laughs> yes, dude. That game was amazing. It just has everything you love about the old Sprite shit, but it looks beautiful and it looks like its own new thing. And like, dude, I like, I didn't finish the path with every player. I need to go back and still do that. But hours and hours dumped into that and you invest in those characters. And there's just something about the eight bit style and text and voice acting as well, which is cool, but not everything was voice acted, but there's still a, so much a sense of imagination where you have to imagine things. And I think for me, that's why those old games are so immersive because they give you a blueprint, but you have to use your imagination to fill in the blanks. Right. It's probably why I would argue final fantasy tactics like i've said is my favorite game but i i way prefer final fantasy 9 and 7 and 6 i would say over anything that came 10 and after because they have voice acting and mm-hmm. you know they're talking all their lines instead of me instead of you reading them and then also i don't think people realize this cause it doesn't happen as much anymore like i loved playing final fantasy 7 or 9 or whatever and naming all the characters after my friends 
you know, like I was cloud, you know, and so cloud was named me. And then my friend, you know, my black friend was Barrett, you know, or whatever. Like that's just what you did play in the game. And like it added to it. And then later they're like, well, you can't change names. These are the characters because it's a story and I get it. But like little kid me just loved the whole naming people after my friends. Yeah. I always in Pokemon, I always named the, the rival after my little brother. And see, it's, it's added a sense of, I'm beat this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Uh, no, no, I do. I mean, I think games are, you know, in a lot of ways are better. Like I played the last of us two last year, you know, I got it when it came out and it is the most realistic looking game I've ever played. Uh, you know, technically you're like, I don't even know how the fuck they did this. This is amazing, but it wasn't fun. At least not to me. No, dude. Last of us two was such a disappointment for me. Like one was amazing. And just, I feel like two got away from the suspense and the, the, the real, um, threat of survival was kind of taken away from two. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I, what I enjoyed about the last of us two, and I've said on this podcast for it, so I'll try not to get too much into it, is that my opinion of it was exactly opposite of every video game personality out there. Like everyone I saw was like, they loved it when they were playing as Ellie and then they played as Abby. They fucking hated it with her big fucking arms and they just hate this shit. Right. And to me, I played it and I hated everything with Ellie. And the whole time I was like, I hate this shit. And then as soon as I got to be Abby, I was like, finally, someone with some fucking muscles on them can hit somebody <laughs> like, cause she played like Joel. And I was so used to playing as Joel, as Joel, I guess in the yep. first one. And, uh, no, I've seen no one else have that take. They, everyone hates Abby. And I'm like, man, I think Abby was the only thing good about that fucking game. Like her story was like, to me, what was like good. And then, you know, connected you to it. Like Ellie was a fucking, yep. I don't know, cunt the whole time in my opinion. Yeah, I was not a fan of what they did with Ellie. She's she she's just kind of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. And then I didn't uh Joel's brother, I can't remember his name right now. Like I felt like everything about him in the sequel was dumb. I was like, I don't know. I don't think it was as good as everyone. Technically it was amazing. Like there were times where I saw a reflection and I was like, oh my God, I don't even know how this is happening. Dude, that game was beautiful, but that I feel like they focused Maybe they didn't. Maybe it's just the evolving times, but just because a game is pretty doesn't make it good. Right. Very true. Um, all right. I'm sure we've annoyed a lot of people on video game talk. Uh, my last thing is someday I may want to get a Steam Deck because I saw that come out. I don't know how familiar you're, you are with those. I don't play a lot of PC That's games, but look pretty dope. Yeah, it does look cool. Uh, I don't know. I think it, I don't think you can... There's people that have been saying like, oh, it's going to kill the Switch. But man, like, that's what people said about the play, uh, PS, PS. Like, right. you're not going to kill Nintendo handheld. But I mean, it looks like a cool device. I'm sure it'll be used well. Right. I mean, I love the Vita. But yeah, they did not put out near enough games for it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's way better than the DS. Like, you know, I've, having owned both, I think it's not even close to which one's a better machine. But that does not right. matter. Like, it just, right. for handheld games matter. Yep. And I, I that is something that always takes with me I, because I guess I grew up being such a Game Boy player is uh, I have probably as many memories with handheld gaming as I do console gaming. So I do think the, the switch is pretty smart to try to be riding the, the hybrid rail. So eventually I'm, maybe when they get come out the switch OLED or whatever the fuck the next one is, I might give that one yeah. a shot. Yeah, I was disappointed with that, though. I feel like. The fact that they're not really upping any of the internals besides the battery and the display. Man, that was their chance to, you know, the processor and and make that shit 4K dock, 1080 
handheld, but they didn't do it. So I'm kind of, I don't know if I want to get it. Right. Yeah. And there's another rumor that they're planning for two years after that for a super switch. Right. Isn't that like, a, it'll be like a whole new console. Some, I just, I, I'm so over rumors with them. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, it's true. Can't believe a thing. Um, well, if they ever do, I mean, I think if they name it a super switch, that's a genius fucking naming scheme and they could go back like to like, yeah, cause like Sounds Nintendo, cool. super Nintendo, you know, could do that whole thing again. Switch 64, yeah. they'll all fall apart like it did the first time around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey bro, 64 was dope though. That has some great games on it. Uh, I have an emulator on my computer cause there's one game I still haven't beat from the 64 and it's one of my favorite games ever called Ogre Battle 64. And this week, actually, I've been trying to get a fucking 64 emulator to run on my old ass laptop, but I can't quite figure it out. The, the laptop can't handle a 64 emulator, which I'm like, how is this even possible? That's seems, crazy. Seems like anything could, but I'm probably just not doing something right. Fatty guess. <laughs> yeah. But all right, man. So um, you have new, you have music out. Just let everybody know um, on all yeah. your, all the things. Again, what's the name of it? Where can they find you? All that. Yeah, so uh, the latest album is More Than Moto. Um, that, you know, that's on Spotify, Apple Music, SoundCloud, Amazon, all that stuff. Um, all my social media is Moto Music 94. Um, that's M O D O. Some people like to spell it M O T O, like the cell phone, but no, it's Moto uh, for the D. Um, yeah, man, I got like, at this point, almost 60 tracks um, released. Just working on stuff uh, and working on new stuff. So. Well, hell yeah, man. And uh, good luck with the EP. And yeah, I'm sure, uh, you know, we'll have you on again someday um, and all that shit. Yeah, for sure, man. I appreciate you having me on. It was cool, you know, cool chopping it up. And uh, I love talking to people and um, being able to share more insight into me as a person, as, aside from just as an artist. Yeah, man. I mean, that's really the key. You know, this, my podcast really exists so people could get to know me. And if they like me, you know, be my internet friend or whatever. Um, but that's why I have artists on too, because if people like you, they're way more likely to check out your music. You know, I think a lot of artists, exactly. they, they miss out the like, people want to know you as a person. You know, they don't, no one's bars are so good that they're going to listen without caring about who you are. Exactly, bro. You can spit the fastest, most coolest, but that's just a gimmick at the end of the day. If they don't buy into you and you're not connecting. Right. Little Wayne's my favorite because I think we would he would hang out with me and would think we were cool and we would smoke weed together. You know, like Snoop Dogg's cool yeah. forever because everyone thinks they would be his friend. Like that's it's part of it. Yep, definitely. But all right, peace, man. All right, man. Appreciate you. Thank you. Mr. Clay will honor us with a recitation of his classic poem. I am the greatest. I know if I can't find my mind, nobody will really care, and I'll be forced to take my pride home. Why don't all you people judging me look deep inside my eyes and tell me where the hell is my soul? Please hand me that Bible. The devil is my rival. Isn't that delightful? You can't make this shit up. I'm not bitter, but I fight, folks. Android over iPhone. You're in the no-fly zone. Pilot dreams to find a means for me to find my life whole. Got no blue eyes, but I'm white. Notice dragons, I'm a type. I can summon up some magic, but you'd rather pick a fight. Yugi Kaiba, it's on sight. It's a battle, not a fight. Not a god or an Egyptian, but I'm tormented in life. Dealt a hand out the gate, and yeah, I can't swap them. But why would I when I was dealt the forbidden one? Cause every piece 
on their own, yeah, you can probably drop them. Instant win, yeah, we better together as one. Better get ready to run, ready my rhetoric up. Better to steady my gun, Pop spaghetti is up. Noodles been brutal, kidding caboodle is usually fucked. All of the fruit I grew up, users ain't fooling with us. Take a lesson from me, yeah, it's a blessing, dummy. How you think I made this? Used to hate, but now have questions for me. Looking sweet as honey, baby, keep addressing for me. I ain't tossing salads, vegetarians are fed us some meat. Best for you. If I show the way, would people only praise me? Nothing to lose. I'm pulling through. That's why I'm gonna send a message. I hope they receive it. Yeah. And I've still been making bold moves In this game for a minute, y'all the sold news Things have changed, some will get it, some will hold views It's a shame, cause I know that y'all can bowl too Three strikes and it doesn't mean you're out But it doesn't mean you win Yo, just trying to figure out how to move, how to love Hope you stay away from clout I'm a fool, maybe true, but I'm on a bigger route Wide roads, but I still know that I don't fit in Little money, but the ones around you still tripping Not broke, but the broke ones will still listen Give them hope, guess that's why I'm on a bold mission So livid, I stole winning Was working on my craft, I wasn't worried about gold women and gold linen I hold minutes, my old minutes and old sentence And no fence couldn't hold penance, I told heaven I don't really think that you wanna play that This is how I move Never would abuse, left for anything that Show me how to say that life is something cool, make the best for you. If I show the way, would people only praise me? Nothing to lose, I'm pulling through. That's why I'm gonna send a message out, they receive it. What's a fan? Well, I wish a fan well. A cold breeze in the summer, that's a fan's tale. So angelic, I can't tell if I am hellish. I've got a catcher, but you must have heard I can't relish. I stand by it, you can't find it, I'm not selling. I ain't lying, I'll stay quiet, I'm not telling. No disrespect, I need personal space in my melon. Don't have my number, then you're probably never gonna get it. I'm so ready, they so petty, I don't get it. My home's ready to throw many, they gon' catch it. They show men and then bows ready to hose linen. A ghost living. It won't hurt if you just won't let it So listen up fam I'm Godzilla, you ain't even up to Rodan I won't expose stands, just let them grow fans Because I'm sicker than Corona, they won't hold hands They hold masks and hold back their really own plans You wanna play that, this is how I move Never would abuse, left for anything that Show me how to say that, life is something cool Make the best for you If I show the way, people only praise me Nothing to lose, I'm pulling through That's why I'm I'm gonna send a message out, they receive it. Messages, messages, messages. Messages, messages, messages. Don't leave me on red. Don't leave me on red. Don't leave me on red. I sent you messages, messages now.